Chapter Eight of The Money Moon. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Money Moon, a Romance by Geoffrey Farnell. Chapter Eight, which tells of Miss Priscilla, of Peaches, and of Sergeant Appleby, late of the Nineteenth Hussars. Small Porges was at his lessons. He was perched at the great oak table beside the window pen in hand, and within easy reach of Aunt Thea, who sat busied with her daily letters and accounts. Small Porges was laboriously inscribing in a somewhat splashed and besmeared copy-book the rather surprising facts that a stitch in time saves nine, nine, that the Tagus, a river in Spain, are, and that Artaxerxes was a king of the Persians, a and the like surprising, curious, and interesting items of news, his pen making not half so many curls and twists as did his small red tongue. As he wrote, he frowned terrifically, and sighed oft betwixt whiles, and Bellew, watching, where he stood outside the window, noticed that Anthea frowned also, as she bent over her accounts, and sighed wearily more than once. It was after a sigh rather more hopeless than usual that, chancing to raise her eyes, they encountered those of the watcher outside, who, seeing himself discovered, smiled, and came to lean in at the open window. "'Won't they balance?' he inquired, with a nod toward the heap of bills and papers before her. "'Oh, yes,' she answered with a rueful little smile, "'but on the wrong side, if you know what I mean.' "'I know.' he nodded, watching how her lashes curled against her cheek. "'If only we had done better with our first crop of wheat,' she sighed. "'Job Jogway said it was mouldy, you know. That's why Adam punched him in the—' "'Georgie, go on with your work, sir.' "'Yes, auntie.' And immediately small Porges's pen began to scratch, and his tongue to writhe and twist as before. "'I'm building all my hopes this year on the hops.' said Anthea, sinking her head upon her hand, if they should fail. "'Well?' inquired Bellew, with his gaze upon the soft curve of her throat. "'I daren't think of it.' "'Then don't. Let us talk of something else.' "'Yes.' "'Of Aunt Priscilla,' nodded Anthea. "'She is in the garden.' "'And pray who is Aunt Priscilla?' "'Go and meet her.' "'But go and find her in the orchard.' repeated Anthea. Oh, do go, and leave us to our work. Thus it was, that turning obediently into the orchard, and looking about, Bellew presently espied a little bright-eyed old lady who sat beneath the shadow of King Arthur, with a rustic table beside her, upon which stood a basket of sewing. Now, as he went, he chanced to spy a ball of worsted, that had fallen by the way, and, stooping, therefore, he picked it up, while she watched him with her quick, bright eyes. "'Good morning, Mr. Bellew,' she said in response to his salutation. "'It was nice of you to trouble to pick up an old woman's ball of worsted.' As she spoke, she rose, and dropped him a courtesy, and then, as he looked at her again, he saw that despite her words, and despite her white hair, she was much younger and prettier than he had thought. "'I am Miss Anthea's housekeeper.' she went on. I was away when you arrived, looking after one of Miss Anthea's old ladies. Pray be seated. Miss Anthea, bless her dear heart, calls me her aunt. But I'm not really. Oh, dear, no. I'm no relation at all. 
but I've lived with her long enough to feel as if I was her aunt, and her uncle, and her father, and her mother, all rolled into one. Though I should be rather small to be so many, shouldn't I? And she laughed so gaily and unaffectedly that Bellew laughed too. I tell you all this, she went on, keeping pace to her flying needle, because I have taken a fancy to you, on the spot. I always like or dislike a person on the spot. First impressions, you know. Yes, she continued, glancing up at him sideways, I like you just as much as I dislike Mr. Cassilis. Hi-ho, how I do detest that man. There, now, that's off my mind. And why? inquired Bellew, smiling. Dear me, Mr. Bellew, how should I know? Only I do, and what's more, he knows it, too. And how? she inquired, changing the subject abruptly. How is your bed? Comfortable, hm? Very. You sleep well? Like a top. Any complaints so far? None whatever, laughed Bellew, shaking his head. That is very well. We have never had a boarder before, and Miss Anthea, bless her dear soul, was a little nervous about it. And here's the sergeant. I, um, beg your pardon, said Bellew. The sergeant, repeated Miss Priscilla, with a prim little nod. Sergeant Appleby, late of the nineteenth hussars, a soldier every inch of him, Mr. Bellow, with one arm, over there, by the peaches. Glancing in the direction she indicated, Bellow observed a tall figure, very straight and upright, clad in a tight-fitting blue coat, with extremely tight trousers strapped beneath the insteps, and with a hat balanced upon his close-cropped, grizzled head at a perfectly impossible angle for any save an ex-cavalry man. Now, as he stood examining a peach-tree that flourished against the opposite wall, Bellew saw that his right sleeve was empty, sure enough, and was looped across his broad chest. "'The very first thing he will say will be that it is a very fine day,' nodded Miss Priscilla, stitching away faster than ever, "'and the next that the peaches are doing remarkably well. Now mark my words, Mr. Bellew.' As she spoke, the sergeant wheeled suddenly right about face, and came striding down towards them, jingling imaginary spurs, and with his stick tucked up under his remaining arm, very much as if it had been a sabre. Being come up to them, the sergeant raised a stiff arm as though about to salute them, military fashion, but, apparently changing his mind, took off the straw hat instead, and put it on again, more over one ear than ever. "'A particular fine day, Miss Priscilla, for the time of the year,' said he. "'Indeed, I quite agree with you, Sergeant,' returned little Miss Priscilla with a bright nod, and a sly glance at Bellew, as much to say, "'I told you so.' "'And the peaches, ma'am,' continued the Sergeant, "'the peaches never looked better, ma'am.' Having said which, he stood looking at nothing in particular, with his one hand resting lightly upon his hip. "'Yes, to be sure, Sergeant.' nodded Miss Priscilla, with another sly look, but let me introduce you to Mr. Bellew, who is staying at Dapplemere. The sergeant stiffened, once more began a salute, changed his mind, took off his hat instead, and, after looking at it as though not quite sure what to do with it next, clapped it back upon his ear, in imminent danger of falling off, and was done with it. Proud to know you, sir, your servant, sir. How do you do? said Bellew, and held out his hand with his frank smile. The sergeant hesitated, then put out his remaining hand. "'My left, sir,' 
said he apologetically. Can't be helped. Left my right, out in India, a good many years ago. Good place for soldiering, India, sir. Plenty of active service. Chances of promotion, though the sun bad. Sergeant, said Miss Priscilla, without seeming to glance up from her sewing, Sergeant, your hat! Hereupon the sergeant gave a sudden, sideways jerk of the head, and, in the very nick of time, saved the article in question from tumbling off, and, very dexterously, brought it to the top of his close-cropped head, whence it immediately began, slowly, and by scarcely perceptible degrees, to slide down to his ear again. "'Sergeant,' said Miss Priscilla again, "'sit down, do.' "'Thank you, ma'am.' said he, and proceeded to seat himself at the other end of the rustic bench, where he remained, bolt upright, and with his long legs stretched out straight before him, as is, and has been, the manner of cavalrymen since they first wore straps. "'And now,' said he, staring straight in front of him, "'how might Miss Anthea be?' "'Oh, very well, thank you,' nodded Miss Priscilla. "'Good,' exclaimed the sergeant, with his eyes still fixed, "'very good.' Here he passed his hand two or three times across his shaven chin, regarding an apple-tree near by, with an expression of the most profound interest. "'And how?' said he again. "'How might Master Georgie be?' "'Master Georgie is as well as ever,' answered Miss Priscilla, stitching away faster than before, and Bellew thought she kept her rosy cheek stooped a little lower over her work. Meanwhile the sergeant continued to regard the tree with the same degree of lively interest, and to rasp his fingers to and fro across his chin. Suddenly he coughed behind his hand, whereupon Miss Priscilla raised her head and looked at him. "'Well?' she inquired very softly. "'And pray, ma'am,' said the sergeant, removing his gaze from the tree with a jerk, "'how might you be feeling, ma'am?' "'Much the same as usual, thank you.' she answered, smiling like a girl for all her white hair, as the sergeant's eyes met hers. "'You look,' said he, pausing to cough behind his hand again, "'you look blooming, ma'am, if you'll allow the expression, blooming, as you ever do, ma'am.' "'I'm an old woman, sergeant, as well you know,' sighed Miss Priscilla, shaking her head. "'Old, ma'am,' repeated the sergeant, "'Old, ma'am, nothing of the sort, ma'am. Age has nothing to do with it. "'Tisn't the years as count. We aren't any older than we feel, eh, sir?' "'Of course not,' answered Bellew. "'Nor than we look, eh, sir?' "'Certainly not, sergeant,' answered Bellew. "'And she, sir, she don't look a day older than thirty-five, said Bellew. "'Exactly, sir, very true, my own opinion. Thirty-five exactly, sir.' "'Sergeant,' said Miss Priscilla, bending over her work again, "'Sergeant, your hat!' The sergeant hereupon removed the distracting headgear altogether, and sat with it upon his knee, staring hard at the tree again. Then, all at once, with a sudden gesture, he drew a large silver watch from his pocket, rather as if it were some weapon of offence, looked at it, listened to it, and then, nodding his head, rose to his feet. "'Must be going!' he said, standing very straight, and looking down at little Miss Priscilla. "'Though sorry as ever. Must be going, ma'am. Miss Priscilla, ma'am, good day to you.' And he stretched out his hand to her with a sudden jerky movement. Miss Priscilla paused in her sewing, and looked up at him with her youthful smile. 
must you go so soon sergeant then good-bye until to-morrow and she laid her very small hand in his big palm the sergeant stared down at it as though he were greatly minded to raise it to his lips instead of doing which he dropped it suddenly and turned to bellew sir i am proud to have met you sir there is a poor crippled soldier as i know his cottage is very small and humble sir but if you ever feel like dropping in on him sir by day or night he will be honoured sir honoured and that's me sergeant richard appleby late of the nineteenth hussars at your service sir saying which he put on his hat stiff-armed wheeled and strode away through the orchard jingling his imaginary spurs louder than ever well inquired miss priscilla in her quick bright way well mr bellew what do you think of him first impressions are always best at least i think so what do you think of sergeant appleby i think he's a splendid fellow said bellew looking after the sergeant's upright figure a very foolish old fellow i think and as stiff as one of the ramrods of one of his own guns said miss priscilla but her clear blue eyes were very soft and tender as she spoke and as fine a soldier as a man i'm sure said bellew why yes he was a good soldier once upon a time i believe he won the victoria cross for doing something or other that was very brave and he wears it with all his other medals pinned on the inside of his coat oh yes he was a fine soldier once but he's a very foolish old soldier now i think and as stiff as a ramrod of one of his own guns but i'm glad you like him mr bellow and he will be proud and happy for you to call and see him at his cottage and now i suppose it is half-past eleven isn't it yes just half-past nodded bellew glancing at his watch exact to time as usual said miss priscilla i don't think the sergeant has missed a minute or varied a minute in the last five years you see he is such a very methodical man mr bellew why then does he come every day at the same hour every day nodded miss priscilla it has become a matter of habit with him ah said bellew smiling if you were to ask me why he comes i should answer that i fancy it is to look at the peaches dear me mr bellow what a very foolish old soldier he is to be sure saying which pretty bright-eyed miss priscilla laughed again folded up her work settled it in the basket with a deft little pat and rising took a small crutch stick from where it had lain concealed and then bellew saw that she was lame oh yes i'm a cripple you see she nodded oh very very lame my ankle you know that is why i came here the big world didn't want a poor lame old woman that is why miss anthea made me her aunt god bless her no thank you i can carry my basket so you see he has lost an arm his right one and i am lame in my foot perhaps that is why hi ho how beautifully the blackbirds are singing this morning to be sure End of chapter 8